Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me be honest. Don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him. The cat that got the cream. Ian Tyler said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Monk, really. He's, what's he, I know Monk. he's manager. What kind of thing is Gary Monk. He's five out of ten. I know, I haven't finished yet. I cannot believe Gabby Abonahor's That's crazy, that's isn't terrible. it? Yeah, we might well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome to the Villa View podcast, episode number nine, recorded on a Monday night instead of a Tuesday due to me having work commitments. I'm Dan Bardell and I'm joined, as ever, by Thomas Julian. You okay? Yeah, you've introduced me as Thomas twice now. You're, have I? It's like my grandma. Is it your name? Yeah, yeah it is. So there we go then. If you, call, if you call me Daniel, then I've got I can have no complaints because that is my name. Hundred percent so far. Well done. You well? Very good. Yourself? Yeah, okay. Feels a bit weird doing it on a on a Monday. Probably works out quite well though because it would have actually been a game going on whilst we were doing the podcast. Yeah. If we were doing it on a Tuesday, so that's probably quite helpful. It's literally all changed this week. We're in a different studio, a uh, different layout. We're looking in a different direction, which is kind of strange. Um, We've but come back to the 70s in this studio. It is archaic yeah. compared to the luxury that we're used to It feels usually, so we'll have to slum it for one week. It feels very much like a bunker. But yeah, what a week it's been. You know, We've got a new Doctor Who, there's new Game of Thrones, and three Villa games since we were last here. Yeah, three games to talk about. I'm not so bothered about the other two bits of news that you've just mentioned. Game, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan and not a Doctor Who fan. I, okay. You I, either? Uh, I don't mind Game of Thrones. Actually, I like Game of Thrones quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who, I'm all about the women's rights. Well I'm, done, Jodie Whittaker. I'm more about Doctor Turner than Very nice. Doctor Who, yeah. to be honest. Well, me too. Should we talk about things like that rather than your geeky shows that you like? <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, go, get straight into I it. Know, you start. I, I don't feel as prepared as you this week. Wow. Well, as always. Yeah. I've got pages of notes. I've been good. I've been, I have been good with the notes the last few weeks, but today I'm not feeling quite as prepared. Well, we have three games to talk about, which is quite exciting. Football yeah. is well and truly back on all Villa fans' radar. Uh, we obviously had the early games last week with um, Telford and Kidderminster, two two good wins. And by fluke, we've ended up watching the different one. Yeah. Because I watched Kiddy and you watched Telford. So for me, who didn't see that game, I've seen the goals, and for the fans who may not have seen it, can you talk us through the Telford game a little bit? Well, I won't spend too long on it, because I was, I was more interested in how we do against Shrewsbury, which we'll get onto as well. But I thought there was some, some really encouraging performances. Um, I thought, thought Green looked sharp. Um, I thought that we we moved the ball well as we should do against a lower league opposition. One of the the main takeaways really was how many injuries <laughs> we took away from yeah. that game. Obviously, um, uh, Adoma went a, off. Didn't Adoma they? went off. I just read that he will be out for two weeks, so he's going to miss the Germany trip. Better than first feared, though. I think people were saying it was going to be a long one yeah. when he first went off. And also Nathan Baker, which I think had real real effect for the Shrewsbury game. Obviously. Uh, after Terry and Chester went off in the Shrewsbury game, as, as we'll talk about later, uh, we had centre-back pairing of Hutton and Micah Richards, which was, which was an odd one. And obviously Nathan Baker would have naturally slipped in there. Um, so that's, that's a shame for him, really, to, to give him a better go at, at, at 
making a case for himself to be a starter. Well, he is a walking injury, Baker, just by nature of the way he plays the game. He does spend a fair bit of time out injured. Naturally, when he got injured last season, we looked very shaken mm. when, he, when he wasn't there. But I don't expect him to start the season anyway. But I do hope he recovers soon because I do think he'll play his fair share of games and he'll be a valued member of the squad. Yeah, I like the way um, we fed Hogan a little bit more. Uh, he looked. He, he looked didn't play in that game, did he? He played in the game I was watching. Oh, did he? Yeah, he played in the oh, kiddie see, game. I w- see, I watched it all. I'm, uh, I'm dedicated, you see. Well, no, I've seen the highlights, but I know that Hogan was playing the kiddie game because I was obviously concentrating a lot. You obviously weren't. Well, forget about the these notes. Should we, should we yeah, call throw it them out, Throw <laughs> them out the window. But um, no, it was, a, it was a lively performance, which is quite nice, and a good... I said good. It was an away victory. Um, yep. We looked confident, as we should have done against, against that level of side. Yeah, kiddie game was pretty much the same. There's a few people that impressed me. I thought Hogan makes, made some nice runs in that game. Not he was in my game, right? No, he was in my I'm game, joking. you idiot. Not that, uh, not that we often find him with runs. I thought McCormack looked very sharp okay. in that game. I think you've got reservations about him in the game that's come more recently. But in that game, I thought he was quite quite sharp. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he played. Chester got a goal in. Nice, nice goal. Horahan had a good delivery in that game. Scored one. Mm-hmm. Set up one as well. And then obviously one of the kids has come on. And scored as well. I think it was Harry McCurder linking up with another, with uh, I think it was Blackett Taylor mm-hmm. putting across him for that. So it's nice to see some kids on the pitch and doing well. And then obviously we've gone on to Shrewsbury at the weekend, which, as I'm a poor fan, I was out all day on Saturday, so I haven't actually watched the game. But I've seen a lot of complaints. There's a lot of complaints, as you've you've seen it. Can you? Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, through all three games, we've we've. Villa fans, uh, or all fans really, have been waiting so long for football and we've won our first two games and everyone's really, really excited and then everyone feels like it's kind of come crashing back down to earth because we, we lost 2-1 to Shrewsbury. I mean, I thought actually, uh, I read a write-up of the, of the game and um, obviously after watching, I thought it was quite harsh. They said that we had no chances in the first half. Um, we didn't have any shots, but I thought we, we put some nice bits of play together. Um, Shrewsbury definitely deserved it in the second half, which is which is disappointing. But as I kind of mentioned earlier, we took off our two centre backs and our two captains. We made eight changes. Yeah, on an hour, didn't we? Yeah, but those two in particular, when you when you take out the the kind of real crux of the team, um, it's no wonder that it looked a little bit disjointed. Uh, I, th- I was quite disappointed with Veritu actually. Um, yeah, I, I th- heard he didn't have a good game. I th- I th- his first touch just seems to be a bit scary. Really, it, it kind of goes anywhere. And um, rusty. As, 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 well, yeah, I, I suppose so. And that's that's kind of what I was coming on to. I don't want to be too harsh on the first. I would call that the first real preseason game of the the, the season. Like a, a decent Shrewsbury side, competitive, and uh, yeah, he did look rusty. But let's wait and see. I thought there was an interesting couple of points on Twitter why he was starting over some other midfielders when he's obviously handed in a transfer request. He may not be here for the future. Maybe Steve Bruce just wants to kind of. Encourage him and say you you can fight for a place here. Maybe he wanted to put him in the shop window, but by the sound of things, that he won't have uh, encouraged many people that to come in for him. He's been heavily linked with Real Betis, yeah, over the past week or so. I think I think people overreact to losing friendlies. Every team will and usually ends up losing to inferior opposition at pre-season. It happens a lot. It will have happened to Villa every season yep. for probably the last twenty years that have lost to a team that you'd expect to beat by name. You'd expect Aston Villa to beat. Shrewsbury, that's why I quite like the format of playing two games in one night because the players get the minutes that they need. So you get a more, I don't know what the word is, you get a more cohesive performance because the players are on the pitch for longer. Look, if you're making eight changes on 60 minutes when the game's nil-nil, those players aren't going to hit the ground running straight away. To me, it's all about fitness. The results are only becoming important. Like for the Watford game, for example, if we're not playing well by the Watford game and we're not looking like a side that's going to mount a challenge, then okay, I might be a little bit concerned. But at this stage, it's purely just to give people minutes. I don't. I thought there was a quite a hefty overreaction. I get that people want to see a nicer brand of football. I do too, but I would be, not at this stage of pre-season. It's not going to happen for me. That's just my opinion, though. I agree with you. I think... Uh I think it's it's important to see the ideas are there, and actually I thought Andre Green played really well wide right, which I don't think is his his favourite position. Yeah, and and actually Alan Hutton, who we've talked about quite a lot on this podcast, I thought he really impressed me. Um, He was he was bombing on and and attacking a lot when he was at right back, as he as he tends to do. There's always that petulance with with Alan Hutton. He gave away a foul right at the end of the first half, which he should have been booked for in a in a real game, and. That's the kind of the, the worry with, with Hutton is that sometimes he'll get the wrong side of his man and then just kind of give away a, a 
cheek foul or something like that. Um, we didn't feed Scott Hogan nearly enough, I didn't no, think. I've heard that. Um, there was one point, again, in the first half where he had a little bit of link-up play, got it out to Neil Taylor, and we created a chance from there. Uh, and as we talked a little bit about earlier, I, I thought Ross McCormack was, was almost anonymous, to be honest. He, um, he gave the ball away a few times. Again, a little bit of rust, perhaps, but the runs didn't seem to be there for me. Maybe he still needs to get used to, to playing in this Villa side again. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the 4-4-2 no. that we're lining up. No one really plays 4-4-2. Anymore, it's not it's not in, an innovative system, is it? I don't think that four four two will get our best players on the pitch, and I don't think it will get the best out of our players. So that's that's a, that's a concern because mm-hmm. if we start in the preseason four four two, a back to basics approach, well, we were kind of already back to basics at the tail end of last season, albeit playing a different formation. I think he wants to play two up front, but to me, a flat four four two isn't the way forward. It, it doesn't seem again watching watching the first couple of games here. It doesn't feel like we've got quite the right strikers for the formation that Steve Bruce wants to play, does it? It feels just a little bit like square pegs, round holes for me. Oh, we're obviously going to miss Codger because yeah. he's obviously one of our strongest strongest players. So having him not there is a problem. But McCormack and Hogan have scored a lot of goals in the Championship over the last few seasons. I think I put on Twitter the other day, those two and Codger, they've had 80-plus goals in the Championship over the last two seasons. So... I don't think the strikers are necessarily the problem. I just don't think we're playing in the right way well, that's to get me. the best yeah. out of them. But I'm contradicting myself then a bit, I suppose, because I still don't think pre-season really, really means anything. I mean, didn't Chelsea win 8-2 against Fulham the other day? Quite possibly. Yeah, that ha- that happened. So that's a ridiculous scoreline that wouldn't happen if they were playing in a competitive yeah. game. I just don't think you can read too much into when you make eight changes on 60 minutes and you've yeah. got Alan Hudson and Mika Richards playing centre-back because yeah. unless there was a huge injury crisis... You're not going to see those two at centre-back at any point during the Villa season. Totally. Well, that's uh, the first half was quite important for me because it looked a little bit like it might be the back five, including Johnston, that we that we start with, with, with Hutton and Taylor, uh, either side of Chester and Terry. Uh, uh, Bjarnason played pretty well. Yeah. I was, I was quite impressed with him. He, uh, he did some nice link-up play. He was starting on the left again. Uh, not sure that's totally where no, he wants where to he be. That's where that's his, oh, really? his favoured role, I believe. Oh, okay, interesting. I thought he'd yeah. be more dynamic because he's really good at linking up. I thought he'd be quite useful, more central. But if he's happy, he looked happy. He's then. still getting used to it. He's yeah. still getting used to English football completely. He's probably has he played four or five games yeah. in English football now. And the championship's Eight. an unforgiving. Oh, well, good knowledge. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. an unforgiving place. The championship, so he's still getting getting used to things. There's a lot of players still getting used to things at the moment. I'd expect us to look a lot better, even on. Tuesday against Warsaw, I'd expect us to look a lot better than we did the other day. And in a few weeks' time, by the time we play Watford, I'd expect to see some kind of semblance of what the side's going to be looking like come week one against Hull. Yeah, so by the time you're able to download this, uh, I guess we will be lining up against Warsaw uh, that day, tomorrow, as it is now. And um, yeah, I think, again, like you've said before, pre-season's about fitness, but tomorrow we're starting to see a little bit more cohesion. And, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, a little bit more link-up play, and Steve Bruce is then starting to really work out the team that he's gonna he's gonna take and, and use in the Watford game. Because again, we've still got the Germany tournament as well. Yeah, that's that's a shorter format, forty-minute games, bizarre. isn't it? Absolutely but that's bizarre. that for me is going to be all about fitness, getting the getting the players to be sharp, ready, and 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 fighting for a championship place in the in the kind of curtain opener against Watford really. He'll have in his mind Bruce what he want what he wants to do. That's that's slightly concerning because if it is 4-4-2 I am worried. Yeah. That I don't think that is the formation for us. It doesn't get as I've said I'm repeating myself. It doesn't doesn't suit us in my eyes and that just smacks of I want to play two up front. But Bruce has got to be careful. I've said I've said it before the fans are very very demanding at Aston Villa and rightly so because we are in the championship and although there's been a lot of mismanagement and Dr Tony, Keith Wyner, Steve Bruce and Steve Rand are still cleaning up messes from previous regimes. If we get off to a bad start, Dr. Tony will not hang around. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he will. Well, and neither will the fans. We've already seen oh, it. Yeah. Even in the questions for, for the Villa View, kind of constantly there's a, should Steve Bruce stick around? When should we get rid of Steve Bruce? What is the minimum acceptable level that, that Steve Bruce can achieve? And and I think for all of us, that's that's promotion and at least a playoff um, finish. I mean, I'm a strong believer in, in stability, but then sometimes you can end up hanging around for the sake of it. I mean, we stuck with Lambert for a long time and in the end I was a big advocate of him his to begin with but then he did go completely stale completely lost the plot and should have been gone mm. a lot sooner I, d- I don't think Dr Tony will mess around it's, for example Di Matteo we didn't mess around because Bruce was available 
in my opinion. If Bruce hadn't been available, perhaps Di Matteo would have got a bit longer. But if it's the same kind of situation, if there's a, g- a good manager at this level available and we don't get off to, off to a good start, they won't risk missing out on that manager, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You've talked about stability there. There's, uh, we're going to get onto the comments fairly, fairly shortly, but there was a great one. Um, I can't remember who it was from, who said that there's only four players in the current Villa squad who have over 100 appearances. And the, no, next, say that one. And the next one is... Um, the next uh, leading appearance maker is is 60, Jack Grealish. Um, and I feel like that that is a really important part of this um a part of part of growing a squad you know you need to you need to know each other you need to know the players that are around yeah, I you i found it andrew o'reardon oh, okay so that's a pretty good point it's a quick little fact because i didn't i didn't know that yeah do you I think th- this is one of the reasons villa never seems to gel or have any fluidity yeah well, i think that's definitely a, part a case for it yeah it's definitely makes the pre-pre-season in portugal this this trip to germany the the time for the players to really bond and develop a friendship as well as a a a routine on the pitch as well. I think that becomes even more important. And a lot of these players, or a lot of the young players, certainly came in in January, or they've been brought into the squad in dribs and drabs. It's Steve Bruce's time as well to to get to know his players as well. So there needs to be some sort of uh, underlying kind of cohesion before we even get on the pitch. I trust Bruce, and I trust that he will get it right, and that we'll be okay this season. That we'll be at least challenging for the top six at the, at the very least. I do trust him because he has got a track record, but. Villa seem to have lacked any cohesion for as long as I can remember, since the O'Neill days, really. It's because there's too many sweeping changes all the time, so that's one of the things that makes me think we should stick with Bruce, because he needs a bit of time. There's probably things going on in the background that we don't even know about that he's had to, had to deal with. I mean, Grealish being your fourth or fifth highest appearance maker in, in your team, that's concerning. That, that shows, doesn't it? Yeah. He's 21, 22. Yeah, not great, not great at all. So uh, the next friendly, as we've mentioned already, Walsall Tuesday night, again on YouTube, live and available to watch. Are you busy on Tuesday night or will you be tuning in? I'll be pretty knackered because I'm in early at work, big day at Sky oh. on Tuesday, but I'll be tuning in. Oh, good. I would, for sure. I don't, I mean, I don't you, mess around when to, Villa are on. All you have to do is sit on your couch. It's not, not particularly difficult, is it? Well, Somebody sometimes when Villa are playing, it's difficult to stay awake. Yeah, well, that, could be a, that could be a serious issue. I'll be, I'll be watching. I think Matt Lynch might be going. I could have got that wrong, but he lives pretty local to that when he's not at uni, so it would be surprising for me if he wasn't attending the Matt Lynch derby. Yeah. Probably talking about Matt Lynch is now a good time to do a quick swerve onto the, the Villa Views latest offerings. I don't know if you caught up with the Villa View. I have, I, yeah. Did you, did you enjoy I watched it video while, of Bodymore Heath? watched it while I was ironing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. The product of... Uh, you have not done a great job ironing <laughs> that shirt, <laughs> I mean, it's to, been to a long be honest. Day. It's, it's a questionable shirt in general. What do you mean? To be honest, the, the pinkness of it. It's neither pink nor white for me, that, it's that shirt. It's pink. Is it? It's 100% maybe, pink. Maybe it's the factory in this bunker that's not, help, not yeah. helping you with some dodgy lights. It's that spotlight. Yeah. Um, yes, I watched the, the your better experience at Bodymore Heath. Yeah, enjoyable um, day. A very enjoyable day for you guys. Yeah. It made me just uh, insanely jealous. Obviously, we talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, Dan and Matt got to go to Bodymore Heath for this training ground, uh, play with Stan, Dean Saunders, uh, Emil Heskey and Dion Dublin. Yeah, it's a good video, I'd say. I mean, obviously, I have nothing to do with the editing or filming. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just there taking part. But I think it's a, probably our strongest video. From a from an editorial point of view, Dan Rollison's done a quality job. From a skills point of view, from Dan and Matt, I would be slightly concerned. I think about. That's very harsh on me as I've gone there and lifted the trophy. I mean, don't 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 spoil it. For well, everybody. I think everyone knows it's been all over social media. Yeah. We, did take, we did take a bit of criticism for uh, plastering it over social media, and I did feel the need to defend us slightly. In the YouTube comments, I mean, nine times out of ten, the comments we got on the Villa View are absolutely brilliant. People really enjoy what we're doing. We really appreciate that they're watching. But every now and again, you get someone who obviously isn't happy, which is fair, which is fair because you're never going to please everyone. But we've actually w- worked quite hard to be in the position that we're in. So the only reason we're posting things on Twitter and posting the videos is because we believe that a lot of people enjoy them and they want to know what what we've been up to. I mean, we weren't the only ones who were who were there from a Villa supporter point of view who didn't win the competition. There was representatives from Villa Talk, my old man said there was other people there as well, it's just that perhaps Birmingham maybe male. Birmingham Mail, perhaps maybe we're a little bit more vocal on the old social media than well, some people would like. I mean that's what the Villa View is, it's a it's a social media platform, it's it's generated for the fans, by the fans and, and you guys are fans and you yeah there's no denying you guys had an amazing trip there and an, it's an unbelievable experience and you're welcome to share it with the world. Hopefully, hopefully everyone enjoyed, it's got good views so far which which is good and everyone who's commenting seems to have enjoyed it i do think 
sooner or later we're going to have to stop taking Matt Lynch to football challenges though because he is he's coming up a bit short I to feel be like, fair I feel like I'm knocking on the door yeah. Matt so um, it's about time you know, you, you really stepped up. You did score. I know you're going to say that. but <laughs> That was a cross and a half. It, it looked debatable to me. Uh, no way that was a shot, was there? What do you think about the quality of the facilities at, at Bodymore Heath? Is it championship level, Premier League oh, level? Premier Is League it... level. But I wouldn't say it's top of the range anymore like it was when it first got redone under Andy Lerner. Mm-hmm. I think there's now facilities that are out of this world. Man City, Tottenham, they're, they're the two that spring to mind. Villa, Villa are probably a bit behind that in terms of training facilities now, but it's not really a priority. Is it the priorities getting to the Premier League, and after that, the other stuff will come? You think? You think? Yeah. Well, Keith Winer said that in the supporters' consultation group. I don't. I don't mean that it will come. Do you, you don't mean it's a, a chicken and egg scenario. If we had better facilities, we'd be more ready to go. I don't think the facilities are the reason why Villa have found themselves in the Championship. Put it that way. I am definitely playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, an amazing sp- experience and, and a great video as well. So make sure you check it out on YouTube. And there's YouTube. another video to come, a behind the scenes look okay. at that day. So. Less football, more of what was going on behind the scenes coming later on in the week. Also, if you uh, if you want to check out Matt Kendrick's football well, skills... Uh, he was actually a good player. He was actually quite decent. Not sure. Fitness is a problem for Matt. Yep. He'll, uh, he'll openly admit that. And I did enjoy seeing that bloopers reel yeah. put together. It was my idea. I was quite pleased with how that turned out. The, yeah, mu- the music made it. That was a tough one. Tough one for Matt to take. But, yeah. uh, you know, you, you put He's on a good performance sir. like He's that. He's a good sport, though. Yeah. And I was thanking for... Uh, he obviously ran a story and put the video on the Birmingham Mail website today. So thanks to Matt Kendrick and the Birmingham Mail for doing that. So you stitch him up, but thank him. So, so everything's it. forgiven. Elo, I think his co-writers uh, enjoyed it. So Dion Dublin was actually there. I have a little story about Dion Dublin. I the can't believe you're going to tell this story. Oh, actually, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's OK. Thanks for killing it before it's, we even I started. Think we know what the an- I know what the answer is to this story. Yeah, I think so. Right, so when I was a, a kid, I must have been 12, 13 or so, uh, I... I got some post, which is quite exciting when you're a 12-year-old, you know. I don't remember. So long ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get a lot of post. And uh, I opened it up, and uh, there, was a, there was a signed photo of Dion Dublin in a Leicester kit. I have no, I have no affiliation to Leicester. I didn't write to Dion Dublin and ask him for a photo. I have literally no idea where no, that came from. No, your family support Leicester or anything? No, no, no affiliation. Where did it come from? I don't know. I think your mum and dad may be lying to you. It's one of life's great mysteries. I mean, I don't uh, think people are going to be staying awake at night worrying about it. I am. But, you know, like, when you went to your mum and dad and said, Mum, is Father Christmas real? When she went, yeah. She was obviously lying. So do you think it's one of those kind of things? You're a 12-year-old. They did something nice for you. They didn't want to didn't want to spoil the childhood illusion. It doesn't it just make happened. any sense because I was a Villa fan. So... Surely they would have done yeah, it when he was at Villa. Villa. He yeah, played but, for Villa. But I don't need a I don't need a Leicester City sign, Dion Dublin. He's still a Villa hero, whether he's wearing a Leicester shirt or not. Kind of takes away. You, well, you wouldn't have put it in the bin, would you? Still got it. Still got it now, yeah, because you took a picture of it and sent it to him, and I thought, what on earth has he sent me that for? Anyway, if anybody knows why I've got a signed photo of uh, Dion Dublin, or if you've had a random experience like that... If you'd have told me before, I could have asked him. Well, yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about it. I've, no. I've, I was, I'm moving house, so I... Uh, I found it when we were uh, moving. Yeah, interesting story. Please don't switch off <laughs> at this point from the podcast. We won't let Tom start any topics for the next 10 or so minutes at the very least after that. Oh, wow, that seems unfair. I've, I've got another one lined up if you want. Go on then. It's, uh, it's been a busy week and uh, we haven't even mentioned the signing of, yeah. uh, of Sam Johnston. There's another Villa View video uh, up, kind of you and Matt critiquing the, the move. You happy with it? Uh, I'm happy to get goalkeeper sorted. I'm not 100% sold on Sam Johnston. Would love to be proved wrong. We'll get behind him from the get-go. I think I was a bit hard on him when he first joined last time. That was mainly because of my beef with us getting rid of Galini, who I did really like and I still do really like, mm-hmm. as you can see if you watch that video. Um, I'd rather it was just rather it was a permanent. The loan doesn't sit well with me because if he does well, he's out of contract and he's not going to come to Villa unless we've got promoted. Yeah, you feel like it's going to be a cleverly type situation. Yeah, I just wish we'd get... I said it in the video, I just feel like we do kind of almost like a half measure with goalkeeper, and that's been never since Brad Fried already, we just always took a bit of a half measure with it, or not quite got it right, and it's such an important position because it resonates down the rest of the team, mm. the goalkeeper, but he did improve towards the back end of the season, he made some good saves in some of the games, and obviously he had a good clean sheets record as well, at one point I think we had seven out of eight yeah. clean sheets, to me he doesn't make enough game-defining saves, but he could probably point back and say, oh, I was settling in, came in mid-season, it's difficult to join a club 
in January and hit the ground running. So now he's got uh, quite a lot of the pre-season with us. I'd expect to see a different goalkeeper come week one. He actually did say that. He did a video for uh, Aston Villa official. Yeah. Um, Lacking a little bit of personality is Sam Johnson. Can't say that. You can't say that. Uh, you, know. you don't know the kid. I mean, he, he, he seemed like a nice guy, smiling a lot, but it's, it's just a little Maybe bit. he's not done many interviews no, before. No, that's true. That's true. Give him time. Yeah. That wasn't a shot. Just, I mean, uh, just, I say what I see. If you go back and look at your performance in the first week of the podcast, I mean, admittedly, it's not got much better <laughs> since then, but you were a rabbit in the headlights. Do you think? Yeah, it was, you, were, you were nervous. Anyway, you were the, worried. the video is uh, on AV Official, and, and he talks about himself about how... Uh, he came in obviously in January. Yeah. Didn't didn't have that time to settle in. Wanted to make the uh, make the number one position his own. And now he's done that. He's, he's got the number one shirt. He's going to go in there as number one. And uh, yeah, I think that's quite exciting for him. He said he uh, he said it was an easy choice for him to make. He always wanted to come back. And uh, I believe him. Yeah. So do I. Why wouldn't you playing in front of? Thirty thousand people, you know. Well, that might be a reason why, why he didn't, why he wouldn't want to come back because that can be very, it can be very demanding the whole ten when you're in goal there. I remember John Gregory saying about when Michael Oakes used to be in goal and uh, he, they analysed his goal, the goals conceded, and it was most of them were conceded at the whole ten, so they felt that he wasn't dealing with the pressure. Really? Well, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, I think if you're a Manchester United youth product, you're probably ready or, or you should be definitely wanting to to take that that pressure. And I'm quite excited about seeing him in, in this system again for a second year. And uh, hopefully hopefully we can get the best out of him. He gets us up and then and then he and we will have that headache as to what to do next year about a goalkeeper. Being fair to Johnston, probably one thing that he's never had is knowing that he's coming in and he's going to be somewhere for the whole season mm-hmm. and play games. So for him now to have that in the back of his mind, that might be a good thing for him. Maybe he can relax a little bit because... It can't be easy being a young goalkeeper and you get farmed off here, there and everywhere every 10 seconds, which is what's happened to him. He's played at a number of a number of teams. So for him actually having the stability of knowing he's going to be at Villa for the season, that might be a good thing for him. Mm. Hopefully he can build on it. I, I want him to do well, obviously. Just I'm not 100% sold on him. Doesn't mean I don't want don't want him to do well. I'd love people to be able to be saying to me, oh, you got that wrong, didn't you? Because yeah. it means Aston Villa will be benefiting and doing well. It's just the lone thing. That is the only thing that bothers me. So It's a very good point and I think... Yeah, the the goalkeeper is such a crucial position. It would be nice to have, uh, to to use an Americanism, a franchise kind of player, a guy that's there for the for the entirety of his career and is a quality player. Um, doesn't always work like that. It very rarely happens anywhere. Yeah. in any position. Last week we talked uh, a little bit about how how bloated the squad was. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a week ago. <laughs> ago. I mean, you forgot about the La- Leandro Bakuna thing you were for. That's so, true. Uh, so in in my preparation. I've uh, I've made some cards for you. I want to play a little game with you. Yep. Okay. You up for this? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It can't be any worse than you did on Dublin Story. You so don't, let's, you let's don't go. seem overly enthused. No, I am. I uh, am. So basically, what I've got is I've got the whole of the Aston Villa squad here. Can I just point out this is the most for people watching the video? This is the most needless use of paper Whoa. I've ever seen. He's printed out all the players' heads in colour for no reason, really. I could have just wrote their names I, down. I meant to do <laughs> I meant to do a little stat sheet, but I I mean I have a job to do. So I I didn't. Yeah, your job's to prepare for the podcast, Thomas. Right. Anyway, I'm going to recycle it, so it will be okay. okay. Um so we'll, st- we'll we'll go through the whole squad. You have to say um uh keep or sell, all right? And we're going to work out What if I think we should loan them? Can I say loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Been a bit pedantic. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll and I'm going to keep score. Okay. And by the end of our little game here, yeah. we're going to work out how big our squad is going to be. And uh, well, this is just if I was manager, isn't it? So this isn't necessarily what's going to happen. Okay. Well, yeah, of course. It's not. I don't have Steve Bruce. No, here. no, no. Um, just say if I was manager, I would not be bringing you or or Matt in as my assistant. Really? No. What, what about me as a, a right or left winger? I'd rather have you on the pitch, actually, than behind the scenes. To be fair, you're quite a nifty footballer. That seems fair. Uh, right, let's start with an easy one. Pierluigi Gullini. Give him the captaincy for 25 years. <laughs> no, um, he's, he's not coming back, so I'd sell, because he isn't going to come back. OK, he's out. So oh, I should have made a, another thing here. Let's sell. There you go. I think you're doing too much here. We don't. OK, okay. you're doing a tally. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, Jed Steer. Keep. Hopefully challenge for the number one. Uh, Mark Bunn. Keep for the season, but then not after that for me. Uh, Sam Johnston. Obviously, going to be staying for the season. Yeah. Uh, on to defenders. Nathan Baker. Keep. Uh, a, lot, a lot of keeps here so far. Neil Taylor. Keep. 
should have maybe cut out. He's had a lot of keeps th- here so far. Yeah, well, they're, they're obvious ones to keep. This is this is important because we've talked a lot about how bloated the squad yeah, is and is how bloated. we need to cut down. But it's more difficult than you think, isn't it? Well, it's difficult think, to get people to buy your players. That's the most difficult you thing. You can play along at home, if you like. Uh, so far, we're at five and one. Uh, Mika Richards. I like him, but if we could get money and get his wages off, then we should, but we won't. So, sell, but he'll end up staying. I would, I would And that's his prerogative if we've paid him that money. I would definitely try and get rid. I wouldn't even want money for him. He looked overweight. In, in both pre, obviously in both pre-seasons, only a few days apart, um, but he doesn't look ready to play in the championship for me. Tommy Elphick. Sell, going anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, James Chester. Cape. Yeah. Uh, James Bree. Cape. Alan Hutton. Begrudgingly sell in the end, Alan Hutton. Alan Hunt actually, uh, I really enjoyed his preseason performances, so he'd be, I'd be on the fence with. with I am. It depends what happens with Delat. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Amavi. Keep because I don't think we're going to get a good fee for him now, and then we'll have to buy another left back anyway. So it seems a bit pointless. You don't think we've got enough cover? No, not, not a left back. We've got no one. Plus the fact that he's actually shown a good attitude. His moves fell through. He could have sulked, but he turned up at uh, the preseason game yep. against lowly opposition and put his heart and soul into it. So fair play to him. Fair enough. For yep. that. Richard Delat. Keep. But then it's very much it's him or Hudson, really, for me. On to midfield is Henry Lansbury. Cape. Uh, Bakuna? Just about Cape. Just about. Uh, Aaron Tishabala. I think he's going to go on loan again for the season. He'll end up, I think... I don't think Bruce likes him, so unless a manager comes in and says something that Bruce doesn't, he'll be gone long-term. I, I'm on the fence with him, to be honest, Tishabala. I'm not sure. Out on loan? You want, you want loan him, yeah, so that'll be an out. Okay. Right. I don't imagine he's earning massive wages. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Well, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, Connor Hurrihan. Keep. Jordan Veritu. Keep at the moment. But he's one of the few I think we'll get money for, so that's the problem. I would I would sell there. Andre Green. Keep. I definitely didn't need all this paper. No. Uh, Berkir Bjarnason. Keep. Yeah, some of these weren't needed on there. On the <laughs> Gary Gardner. Again, I think, like Kieran Clark, I think a move would do Gardner good. I think he'd do well to be out of the Aston Villa bubble, so sell for the good of his his career as, as much as anything. Very magnanimous of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, on, oh, no, Millie Yednak. Keep. Uh, Adoma. Keep. Jordan Lydon. Keep. How do you feel you're getting on in terms I'm of... Not, not very well. I'm, not doing, I'm, I'm doing as well as about Villa are. <laughs> Jordan Grealish. Uh, Jack Jordan Grealish. Grealish uh, Cape. <laughs> what about his brother, Jordan? No, I don't think... His brother's called Kevan. Hello to Kevan. I think I don't know whether he listens. He sometimes likes our posts. Very good news. Yeah. Uh, uh, on to the striker, Scott Hogan. Yep, Keep. Gabby Agbon Lahore. I don't know. I'm on the fence with him as well. Keep him for another year. You might as well, because he's not going to go anywhere. Out of contract in the summer. Yeah, he won't be here past that, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, Jonathan Codger. Keep. Cormac. Keep. Uh, Keenan Davis. Keep. And Hepburn uh, Murphy. Keep. Russian Hepburn Murphy. Well, that was an enthralling game, Tom. Thank you very much. How many games did you come up with today? <laughs> it's not really a game, is it? What? It was not really a game. You didn't think it was a game? How, what does that leave our squad with then? Which was the whole purpose oh, of what we've oh, just you want uh, to know the results? interested, yeah. All right, okay. We've got uh, 25 kept. So you've got it's a squad lot, of 25. It's quite a lot. You've got five sold and uh, and one on loan. The thing is, in that list I've said of keep, if there's people there that if they went, I'd accept it, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So there's like, a, we'd be here all day though if we're going through the the merits of why we should keep people, why we shouldn't, certain scenarios. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, uh, I the kind of point of that exercise, if you want a learning a learning point, is actually 25 is not a huge squad. No. Um, and it's got a good youth of of, of a uh, good blend of youth and and experience there. I think ideally, I think you need a squad of twenty three supplemented by youth. So if you count in Hepburn, Murphy, Keenan, Davis, and Lydon as youth, that's probably about right. Yeah, and yeah. we've talked again before about actually there is quality in this squad once you get playing together. Oh, I didn't mention John Terry. Oh no. Well, we'll add one more. Twenty six. Failure. <laughs> Our captain and yeah. leader. Yeah, number twenty six as well becomes man in the squad. Twenty six. It's almost like I planned it. Yeah. What do you think of the captain, sir? Moving quick, swiftly away from your game. <laughs> uh, I I liked it. I, I I think John Terry's a natural leader. I think the most important thing about the captaincy is whether James Chester was the type of guy that would have kicked off if uh, if he lost it. Exactly, which means that it makes every sense in the world for me to to give John Terry the armband. Yeah. Disagree? No, no. I've, it's a logical choice, and Chester will have 
he's a, seems like a logical character, not one to kick up a stink. Mm-hmm. He will have probably accepted. He'd have, I'm sure he liked being Aston Villa captain. I'm sure he didn't want to lose the armband, but I'm sure he can accept the fact that probably this time next year he'll get it back. Yeah, that's probably that's what I would have thought. I totally agree. And watching watching John Terry against Shrewsbury, he looked like a captain. He was already kind of commanding. He just comes in. He doesn't need to know the system particularly well. He knows what he does. He can organise the back four. And even just seeing him, he played a couple of quick free kicks over the top. Uh, he tried to hit Alan Hutton on a on a sixty yard ball or something like that. And it was a and 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 he had the vision to get it there. It was it was defended. But I think that kind of quick thinking and that nous will uh, will again benefit the Villa team. He'll be a class act. I'm sure he will. He'll, he'll be what we thought Tommy Alfie was going to be this time last year. I just wanted to just touch on Elphick. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to Birmingham. Q Max Roberts crying into his signed photo. Yeah. Um, signed shirt, even not signed photo. Dion Dublin's still on your mind. I feel like Elphick, Villa was too big a club for him. And that's, that sounds a bit nasty to say that because I do think he was a good servant last season. He never kicked up a stink about losing his place in the team. And Steve Bruce talks like he was really good in the dressing room and on the training ground still. But I think... He'll go to Blues and he'll do all right. But I don't think it's something we should be crying over. No. And I don't think there'll be many other than Max Roberts that are crying. Do you think he'll be a future it. captain then? Probably. That's the kind of thing I'd expect Redknapp to do. It's what we did. Yeah. Isn't it? Blues would be the right kind of level for him. And I kind of aim that as a dig at Blues. And I kind of don't. I just think that's... The, look at the clubs he's played for. No disrespect to Brighton or Bournemouth. They're not renowned clubs. There's not, there isn't a great pressure that comes with playing for those clubs, whereas playing for Villa, the fan base is more demanding than a Brighton yeah. or a Bournemouth, and he had a couple of bad games, Alfie, and he never recovered from it. Scored no own goal against Newcastle, had an absolute mare in that first half and probably should have been dragged at half-time, and then didn't really get back into the team again because Nathan Baker and Chester was a better partnership. So he'll probably be on reasonable wages as well, so he's one that's actually sellable, which is a good thing. I don't think we'll get our money back. I think it'll be cheap. Mm-hmm. I think we paid about £3 million for him. I'd be shocked if we got half of that. Yeah because he's regressed. He's a million pound a, player. He's, he's regressed in a year, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what happens. Sometimes things just don't work out. It's not his, his fault, not for a want of trying from him, and he could say he didn't have a run of games, but it's a good move for him. He hasn't got to uproot his family. I'm not quite sure where he lives, but I'd imagine he doesn't have to uproot yeah. his family. And I think Blues will be the kind of level that he's used to, and he'll do well there. Couldn't agree more. I think you've, you've summed that up quite nicely. Thank you. you got any more on your uh, on your post-it note there, or are you... Uh, Want to get some comments? Just before we came in, apparently Sky sources were saying that El Mohamedi from Hull, we've activated a release clause in his contracts for one million. So for one million, and I'm not, I'm not delighted by the signings. I've simply never thought he was a good footballer. But if he, if he comes in, I'll get behind him. I'll back him. I saw Matt Lynch saying something on Twitter, similar. That's the way it should be. Until he's pulled on a Villa shirt and played football for Aston Villa, it'd be harsh to judge him but I have never thought he was a good footballer and I don't think that we need him but I'll get behind him if he's wearing a Villa shirt I just feel like we've got all these players here all this paper he doesn't doesn't excite me doesn't it doesn't feel like he brings something new to the squad that we've 29 as well yeah like a bit of a, he's played for Sunderland and Hull and, and, and joined them at times when Steve Bruce has been manager mm. it's like Steve Bruce he's like he's the new Alex Bruce essentially just following Steve Bruce around could be could his be adopted son yeah, well, well, we'll wait and see if it happens. I mean, if if the release clause is is triggered, then then presumably the deal will get done, and uh, and we'll welcome him as a as a new Villa player, and hopefully he can help us with promotion. We'll wait and see. Should we do some questions as I boot up my phone that's decided to come off the questions I had up on the phone? Uh, see, you mean you you knock my paper and, and I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. It's a matter of seconds, Tom. Right, mate. Uh, Roger Wheeler was a bit. Good, good, good Villa Twitter man, Roger Whaler, someone I've, I've really enjoyed talking to. I assume you don't want me in the camera over, over the years. Sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, over the years. Um, my mum won't watch if, if, you're not in, if you're not in the camera. Me or uh, that guy from he's, Coronation. Yeah, he's worried about Hogan, saying he's cutting a frustrated figure in pre-season. And to be fair, that was what happened towards the end of the season as well. I just don't think we're on his wavelength yet. And I think Roger said that he's... he's not, I haven't got it in front of me here, but he said something about... Hogan would go to make runs and then realise that, oh, well, I've made that run three times and I haven't got the ball and then he'd hesitate and end up going back and then someone would play the ball. So I just think it's a case of not being on the same wavelength left. I, I want him to come good, though, because I think he's a finisher. I think, um, again, against Shrewsbury, John Terry tried to hit Hogan over the top. Um, so maybe maybe that will come a little bit more. I don't I don't really want us to become a long ball team just punting up for Hogan to chase. Yeah. Um, but it actually it got us out of a, a, a spot of bother where we were... We were trying to clear our lines, and and I think it was Terry, got rid of it, and and 
uh, Shrewsbury ended up conceding the conceding the throw in as well, so it gave us a little bit of uh, breathing space. So maybe there's there's room to to try and use him a little bit more. He's a good player, Hogan. I'd expect him to do better when someone like Grealish is on the pitch. If Grealish can get into Steve Bruce's first eleven, he's deceptively quick as well. You, I mean, you wouldn't look at him and think he was fast, but Hogan's actually very very quick. Mm, yeah. So I he's a weapon if we use him. Uh, Plucky said, guys, after the three games, are you worried we can't seem to get the ball in behind? For runs, especially Scots, it doesn't seem to change, so we basically just covered that. Yep. Is it also, do you agree, selling Ross at this time would be a disaster, especially to a rival? Well, Sunderland have got after a ropey pre-season start. They lost, again, they lost 3-0, someone you wouldn't expect them to lose to, and they're the ones who've been heavily linked with him. I don't think we'll sell. Because we paid £12 million for him, and again, we'd be lucky if we got 3-4 million at the current time, so it doesn't make sense to sell. That's and then potentially... Strengthen a rival that does make no sense. Well, see, that's the re- the the first thing you said there about we're not going to get our money back is is more worrisome for me. I I I wouldn't if 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 an offer came in from a rival or otherwise, I wouldn't mind getting rid of Ross McCormack at that point. I still think he has a role to play mm-hmm. this season. We shall see. In my opinion, uh, Frank Marbella Lions, a regular uh, commenter on the Villa View. Hello, Frank. It says two up front or not to decide our formation. We need to work backwards, starting with our weakest area. Scoring. I've said before that I'm no problem with two up front, but in a flat 4-4-2, I don't think that gets our best players on the pitch, whereas a 4-4-2 diamond, I believe, that would get our best players on the pitch, and I think that would suit the personnel that, that we have. So for me, we can play two up front for sure, and I think with the, we are reasonably bloated in striker. To keep everyone happy, we'll have to play two up front, because I think it'll be two up front to start the season, and I think it'll be Gabby and Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, to start the season, yeah. That worries me a little bit. I like I like having midfield players and and really getting out wide. But having said that, I I I kind of agree with you that that Bruce is happy with with what he's doing, and it will be likely that we will start with two. Yeah, just skipping through a couple because it's stuff that we've already covered. So thanks to Adam Wright, Tom Cowley for their questions, but we have already covered. It was a good question uh, by Carl Palmer who asked uh, if. If you could be, if you could compare yourself to a Villa player, past or present, who would it be? I don't know. People, I let other people decide. They've watched the video. They've seen that I'm obviously reasonable. In guard, perhaps not reached my peak yet. Maybe I'm a Galena. Maybe that's why I like him so much because he reminds me of myself. Maybe. Yeah, I know who I think you are. So do I. Who are you going? Who are you going to say? James Milner. That yeah, was who I was going to say. Yeah. It's a bit big-headed of you to think that of yourself. Well, I'm not as good though. as James Milner, but no, I, you're uh, similar ilk. I work hard. Player. You could play anywhere. I think. Good engine. Yeah. Uh, versatile, yeah, um, boring. Can, I was going to say boring, <laughs> and uh, yeah, can hit a hit a great penalty and free kick as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, you are you are a good footballer. To be fair, you're better than me and Matt. Definitely, we should maybe start sending you to represent us in these oh, things because it that. is a bit embarrassing. It's very big of you. Um, trying to find some more questions here. So a few people have asked about where I think we'll finish. I'm not prepared to answer that at this stage because. I just think it's too early. When should we do a prediction? Do you think after Watford? End of the, end of uh, end, end of, of August. End of season. No, no, end of August. I was going to say when the transfer window's done, you know what everyone's side looks like. That's the best time to do it. You can still do it just before the season starts, but for me, it makes more sense to do it in August. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've had the benefit of six or seven games by then. Yeah. As well, I like this question from Adam Waters. He says, "Loving the podcast, lads. So thanks for that, Adam. Appreciate that." A lot. I go through Twitter, Facebook, etc., and I never see a domer in people starting best 11s. Why do you think that is? The reason I can only speak for myself. The reason he's not in mine is is because I don't think he suits what I think would be our best system, four four two diamond. Yeah, I'd, he's a decent player. He's, I, yeah, he I frustrates me a little bit. He's a little bit unattractive as well in his in his playing oh, style. I was gonna say, that's yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna hark at David Beckham sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think I don't think he he captures the the emotions of, that people maybe want to see when they're um, looking for for fast flowing, attractive football. Uh, maybe that's a little bit harsh as well. I think he is because um, I actually think there was games when he played well last season and the whole team played well. Mm. But to me, it comes down to: do you play four three three with the dome wide and green on the left and whoever up front? Or do you play a four four two diamond? Get two up front, and to me, I'm a big advocate of Jack Grealish. You get Jack Grealish in the team, yeah. so if it becomes a would I rather see Grealish playing a number ten, or see a dome on the wing? I'd rather see Grealish playing a ten. Whatever it is, we need to we need to decide on it pretty quickly and, and get comfortable with it. Yeah, Monkey Boy, 1978 says, "Yet in key player or a problem? Can he play in a midfield too? Is his passing good enough and is he mobile enough?" This again comes down to systems. You're playing a four four two flat. I don't think you can play. Mm. 
because I think you have to play Lansbury as the more deep line one, which again doesn't suit him. You want him so as a square peg, pegs in round holes again. Yeah. Diamond four four two. Yeah, that's ideal. That's what I'm saying. It, that formation gets your best players on the pitch. It gets them playing in the best position. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah, he also works in a three, doesn't he? Because he can yeah, have the other players running around. Same again. Yeah. You have got midfield. It's the same principle, isn't it? In a diamond or if it's a four three three, you've got the midfield three. He is not a player that we could, should be... He, I, I like him as a player, Nak, um, but he's not a player that we should be building around either. He's not a spring chicken. Um, and, yeah, we need to start be looking to the future rather than working out how Yednak fits in there. Yeah. Um, go to some comments. Yeah. As well, Dan Rollinson likes the comments. He throw, throws them all our way. Go through some comments over the last week. So, yes, one of the things we haven't talked about was our kit reveal. Had we done the kit reveal video we talked about last, it last week? week yeah. yeah, we've since found out that actually the shirts that we've got are player issue shirts. So we were talking about material and them being tight. And if you buy a shirt from the shop, it won't actually be the same. It'll be a completely different material. But are still Under Armour and notoriously uh, small in their sizings anyway. So I would always buy a size up anyway. Because I think if you're usually a medium, you'll need a large. Yeah, only a couple of weeks now until if you've made your pre-order, you'll be able to pick it up. I think. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few people running around with a. Uh, Player shirts from player issue shirts from that game. That's pretty cool. Uh, Body Moore Heath, uh, Villa Samba Brazil said he was a bit underwhelmed by Sam Johnston. Why do we need to spend a shed load of pounds on strikers? Yet we seem reluctant to do the same with goalies. So that fits in with what I was saying about half measures. Yeah, a little bit. Peter Crouch. Uh, Peter Crouch. What am I, why did I say Peter Crouch just then? I don't know. Brian Clough is who I was thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> they often get confused. <laughs> Brian, they often get confused. Brian Clough always used to say that. Um, that your goalkeeper was your most important position. I agree with uh, that. And yet often they... Because you're a goalkeeper. I'm not really a goalkeeper. No, I, mess, I mess around in goal. That is for certain. Um, they, uh, he always used to say goalkeeper's the most important position, and yet they do often get overlooked because a, a, a world-class save can be as important as, as a striker who's missed three chances and then scored one. Yeah. Um, so I agree with that. I, I, I would love us to, again, have a settled goalkeeper situation, but... Right now, beggars can't be choosers, and Sam Johnston seems like a pretty good option to have. Look at the good Man United teams, good Arsenal teams. They always had a reliable goalkeeper. I, my preference is an experienced goalkeeper in general. Yeah, even the good Villa teams. You know, you Yeah, Bosley. Bosnic. Uh, James was a good goalkeeper. Given. Friedel. Well, Given didn't have his best timers, to be fair. He was still pretty good, though. Well, he's, yeah, OK. He's been better than what we had in the last few years. Yeah. Tor Lovstad says, please, that Johnson has signed. Would have preferred a permanent deal, though. It's really cool to see you guys doing so many videos at Villa Park. Luckily, when we are there, we did manage to cram quite a few in, and we took a punt that Johnston was coming soon. I think this is the first week on the podcast where I haven't had to say there is a signing coming yeah, soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's finally happened. Quick shout-out to my in-the-know friend, Chris Dolan. He provides us with a lot of good information. So if you uh, could give him a follow on Twitter, he's a good ITK. Actually, Chris Dolan knows a lot of people. He'll hit you up with a lot of musical needs as well. He's good music knowledge. Oh, nice. As well, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of 50-50s people aren't sure about Johnston. Joey Ireland says he's 50-50 about it, but he'll 100% support him, so that's a good attitude. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think I like if you that. are 50-50, then chuck your support behind him because it yeah. can only get better if he's uh, backed by the Villa faithful. Yep, some uh, comments on the Bodymore Heath video. Now Bardo could have solved Villa's goalkeeping problem with his, <laughs> with his cat-like reactions. Lynch and lucky not to get the opportunities that? he deserves. Did you write that? No, Jack Jennings. I agree with his first point. We're saying Lynch is unlucky. There's nothing unlucky about it. Jack Jennings. I think you need to reevaluate, sir. Uh, that guy, Dan, is questioning my use of Megnuts. That's watching too much Brad Bobley on Soccer AM. Yeah, I didn't like that either. No, nah, it just came out. Yeah. It's, um, you, it's hard being a commentator. But it's hard, but I feel I thrive in the position. Right. Uh, Baggy, I'm not going to say his second name, so Baggy You know man, who you are. Says... Good to see Stan looking so well. Great vid, lads. It is great to see him looking so well. And let me tell you, he was hammering some of the people on his teams. He does not like losing even now. There was some great little skill as well from, from Stan. Oh, he still got it. Yeah, he killed Kendrick. He loves to play. Ruined Kendrick's career. If you speak to Declan Pierce about Petrov, he'll say he was hammering me all game. Dion <laughs> uh, is just a man. What a great guy. Dion, Dion, Dion from Querty Querteson. Even if he sends you uh, pictures of himself in a... Yeah, yeah no, still we don't know why that happened. Uh, someone questioning my route one past the Heskey that just went straight out for a gut for a throw in. That was poor. That was brilliant. I had a dream and it didn't come off. <laughs> you have one opportunity. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Max Stokes praised Dan Rollinson's editing, so thanks to Max. Do make sure you do check out this video if you haven't watched it because I do think it's worth it just from an editing point of view of Dan Rollinson. He's a sensation. 
Uh, from my experiences at school, we all know that the worst kid goes in goal. Probably, <laughs> probably fair. I'm not the best outfield, I stated before, but I went in goal because I thought it gave my team the best chance of winning and that proved correct. Jack McNamara, Matt's first touch, reminds me of Lukaku. Very poignant after uh, his, his underwhelming debut uh, the other day. Uh, and yes, spot on, I think. <laughs> I like the way you've skipped the second comment because it praised me. You <laughs> couldn't bear to read it. Thanks, Connor Mooney, for uh, getting in touch. Connor Mooney says, uh, quality video, lads. Dan was decent, both in goal and on commentary. I, I, don't did, like these I enjoyed guys. being a commentator. These I guys, loved being a commentator. These guys that just want to, I don't know, get on your follow list or something like that. They don't. They just they know a talent when they say one. <laughs> uh, Lewis Charlwood, I think this is on the podcast from last week. I'd love us to win the championship. He's a 16 year old who's only truly supported Villa since the end of the O'Neill era. I've only ever seen misery at Villa. As I said to him at 31, I feel like all I've seen is misery as well. You're probably the same. Join the club, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a miserable existence, but one day it will be worth it. Hopefully, so stick with it. We'll get our Lewis. Struggling there. Struggling to read. <laughs> Too many words. Do we have enough cover in our squad, Jamie? Well, I think we've uh, covered that. That's why we did a pretty, great little game. Pretty hefty, yeah. Tom, thanks for providing the ammunition for Tom Tom Julian's game. That was a treat for everyone. I think that's probably uh, pretty much it. Dominic McNabe just watched Talk Norwich City's podcast with Russell Martin. Any chance you could get a Villa player on the podcast in the far future, but I accept how difficult it would be. Any time, any player, Marlon Harewood, Gareth Barry, any ex-Villa player, any level we would take on the podcast, although it would be very difficult to get them in the room. But I'm sure Tom does not mind missing a week. Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't that, that miss would a be week. Fine. I wouldn't mind giving up my chair, yeah. admittedly. What? Stand at the back? I think we'd have to play rock, paper, scissors for the chair. I don't think we would. I think it would be. I've been here longer. All right, let's <laughs> cut the podcast. Let's go. Uh, I think that's about it, isn't it? That's about, yeah. that's about a wrap. We're about 50 minutes, so uh, not too bad going for three games. No. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings today. I appreciate it. for a lot of that. Actually, it was quite felt quite rambly yeah. tonight, but hopefully Still people have enjoyed it. Thanks to everyone that's uh, rated us on iTunes. If you could keep that up, then that'd be great. I think SoundCloud's on its way out. Could oh. be a worry to SoundCloud listeners. Yeah, check out that because I think they're on their way. I think they might have gone bust. Oh, really? Or something, yes. I think they've only got a few weeks left. So if you do listen to us by the medium of SoundCloud, then I might have to show you towards our YouTube channel or iTunes account yeah we can look at something else maybe uh acast or something like that i don't know if we uh if we can make that happen but we certainly will have a look at it for sure yep so thank you very much for listening or watching if you could keep those reviews coming in keep your comments coming on the podcast and we'll feature the best ones next week let us know if you agree or disagree with anything that we've said via social media or in the comments below it's a pleasure to be able to do the podcast for the villa fans always stay with us thank you very much up the villa up the villa Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.